0: Why don't you turn to First Timothy three sixteen? I'm gonna read a few verses to you, but why don't you just turn to First Timothy three sixteen? It's one of those three sixteen verses. And um it's Resurrection Sunday. I was I, I said it earlier, but really it's you know, I almost hesitate to I don't hesitate, but sometimes I almost think like, do you really need to put a special emphasis Of course you do on the resurrection on on Resurrection Sunday, you know, um, because the reality is every Sunday is Resurrection Sunday and every day is a day of resurrection life for the believer who's in Christ. Right. And um, and the disciples began to meet on the first day of the week to celebrate the fact that Jesus had risen from the dead. (laughs) That's amazing. And um And so we're carrying that tradition on to this day. You know, uh, the resurrection as a believer really is, if you think about it, it's the cornerstone really for our beliefs. If Christ didn't raise, what would we be doing here right now? We wouldn't be here right now. Does that make sense? I mean, think about it. It's so simple. This is what I love about the gospel. that That the gospel... Is so simple. It's almost so simple. It's offensive. It's offensive to the intellectual mind. Because it's simple. It's outrageous. It's supernatural. Right? But what I find is when man. When man apart from God's influence. Gets a hold of things. You know what happens? It gets more complicated. And less powerful. Did you ever notice that? You could just think of I, I don't want to just think of even certain institutions, organizations that you that you may have to go to to do errands and business. So, I mean, it just just the endless details, the red tape, the bureaucracy the you know, this is this is man and works like when man gets a hold of it apart from God. OK, apart from God, because man who is one man and woman who is people who are one with God. We have the mind of Christ. And so we live out this way of God and life springs from us. But but man's way apart from God gets more complicated and less powerful. And somehow, I don't know, I think I think in the human. Independent mind, we're still more comfortable with that sometimes because we're comfortable with what we've made up, like what we've controlled. And God's way is yet simple. He says, no, it's really actually simple. I sent my son. He died on the cross. He was buried in a tomb. He raised from the dead. He ascended to heaven. It's really simple. It's not a complicated story. However, it is outrageous and offensive to the intellectual mind. And it requires faith to step into the power of it. And Paul said that that's that's the thing about the cross. It's actually, it's it's foolishness. So here's the thing about the gospel, this resurrection that we're talking about. It is the most ridiculous thing you've ever heard. Or it is the very power of God in your life, depending on where you stand and what you believe. Isn't that amazing? And I think sometimes in our walk with God, even though we've been impacted, we are born again by the spirit of God. Right. It's a supernatural event. We didn't join a club. Right. We didn't we didn't just okay. I just agree to believe that list of things. I'm in the club. Right. Give me a vest. I can direct traffic on the Fourth of July. Like it's not it's not that. No, that's great stuff. I have respect for all that. However, the church of God is not an institution created by man. It it is a bride who was born from the side of Jesus. (laughs) Where blood and water flowed out. Right. This, that speaks of birth. And the, the bride of Christ is born from the side of Jesus. Hey, Sue, good to see you. <laughs> just recognize you there. And it's powerful. And, and uh, so let's let's read this. It says, I'll read this to you. First Corinthians 15. And it basically to sum it up, it just says, if Christ was not raised, then our faith is in vain. And how many know that the power of God is released through faith? Right? Faith means I believe something that I don't quite understand with my mind. Good to see you. Great to see you. Welcome. Good to see you back. Come on. Welcome, you guys. We're glad to have you. Let's give them a hand today. Come on. Yay, God. Come on, that feels good. Lots of love flowing. Let's read this. First Timothy 316. Okay, I love this. First Timothy 316. And most certainly I'm reading from the uh, Holman Christian Standard Bible. And most certainly the mystery of godliness is great. (laughs) He was manifested in the flesh, vindicated in the spirit. Seen by angels, preached among the nations, believed on in the world, and taken up in glory. <laughs> That's so good. Don't you love that? I'm going to read it again. Would that be all right? I just feel so much power on that. And most certainly, and one translation just says it like this. And great is the mystery of godliness. And I love that. Great is the mystery of godliness. Let that just get a hold of you. It feels mysterious, doesn't it? Because it's a mystery. But the beauty of a mystery, mystery just means it's something hidden. But it's meant to be found. Often we think as believers, you know, we talk about mystics. Mystics, right? How many know that term? Christian mystics. 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 <laughs> I know you know the term. And, and uh, so Christian mystics are just people who really have fallen deeply in love and, and, and enjoy a deep intimacy with God and have a heart for the hidden things of, of God. Not hidden from us, but hidden for us. That because of the spirit of God that lives inside of us, as sons and daughters of God, we get to search it out and really know God by experience. This is what changes us. You know? You ever try to change yourself with discipline as a believer? Like, I'm going to improve my character. I'm really going to work on this this week. It almost goes opposite. Like, the harder you work, You know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying there's no place for self-control. What I am saying is that is that we are transformed in our relationship with Him because He's alive, because He's risen, and He was manifested in the flesh, vindicated in the spirit, seen by angels, preached among the nations, believed on in the world. This is powerful. Shelley was sharing in pre-service prayer this morning um, about how. And uh, many of you, I think we will all probably relate to this at some level about how she remembered when her knowledge of God turned into a belief in God. And how that was a transition point in her life. And if you think about it, that's when the power begins to flow. How many know that? In other words, a lot of people believe in God. A lot of people believe in God. They believe that God exists. And some people don't believe that. But, but it says he who comes to God must believe that he exists. So the first step is you've got to believe God exists before you can approach him, right? And we're going to come believing some things about him. But there's a difference when you believe, like, or when you, when you have not, should say knowledge, when you have knowledge of God. I know that God exists. But I remember when this happened in my life too, when I went from I, I never doubted that he existed, I never doubted that Jesus was the Son of God, but when I began to believe on Christ, believe on him. Do you know what the difference is? The difference is this. I know about this. I know about this pulpit here. Um and yeah, it'll it's strong. I know that. Well, this this is I, I'm believing in it. I'm not. I'm not. You're leaning. I don't just believe that it exists. I'm putting my trust in it. It's actually holding me up. And and so believing on him releases power. It's faith. Before, let me just read through a few things. I'm thinking about the resurrection. And how many are thankful? Do you know the resurrection of Christ is one of the most documented, like it's the most documented things in history. Do you know, like there, it's like it's not just a couple of people were like, "Hey, he rose from the dead. Where is he?" Well, you just just trust me, he did. Right? We were we would have had a struggle. We would have had a struggle with that. But when you realize that the Roman Empire had gone to great lengths. To make sure he did not raise from the dead. We're going to like seal that thing. We're going to guard that thing. Make sure. You guys make sure. God shows up. The guards are slain in the spirit. The angels roll the stone away. Where would he go? Right? <laughs> like, and, but, but not only that. Then he begins to show up. So here it is. He showed himself alive. The Bible says in Acts 1-3. By many convincing truths. He showed up to Mary Magdalene. Then he showed up to the other Mary and and a few other women. Matthew twenty eight one shows up to Peter. He shows up to um, Cleopas and another disciple on the road to Emmaus. Remember that they're walking along and Jesus, Jesus, he concealed his identity. Isn't that amazing? Do you know what you know what that shows you? That only God can reveal God. You can't go, you can't climb a ladder to God. You can't search God out you know, like you can be open to God and then He reveals Himself to you. And and he was walking with them on this road and they're like, He's like, Why are you guys so upset? <laughs> Haven't you heard? And they're talking to Jesus about how Jesus died. For a long time they're walking along and then and then they invited him in, I think he was just gonna be like, Well, good talk, guys, hope it works out for you, I'm gonna keep going. Would you come in? All right. Then he reveals himself to them and that's when they realized didn't our hearts burn? So the 11 disciples minus Thomas, remember Thomas wasn't there. Poor Thomas. It's like, why am I keep m- missing out? The 11 disciples again, John 20, seven of the disciples at the sea of Tiberias, disciples at the mountain in Galilee. And then and then it goes on to where Paul says that Jesus revealed himself to 500 people at one time. 500 people at one time. And not only did he show up like, it wasn't like ghost Jesus. Do you know, you ever think about this? You ever think through the reality of the risen Lord showing up and proving himself alive after all saw him suffer and bleed and die for a long time? And then he was dead and he was in the tomb and then he begins to show up. But but not just like I'm here and then your arm goes through him, you know, it's ghost Jesus. It was like it it was like Mary Magdalene. She Jesus said, don't cling to me. Remember, she could have clung to him. It shows she could have grabbed a hold of him. Um, He broke bread with his hands. He broke the bread. He was eating with them. He showed his scars in his hands and his feet. He ate the fish and the honeycomb. Eight days later, finally, Thomas, uh, Thomas was there. Remember, he got to, He's like, go ahead and touch. Touch it, Thomas. Go ahead. See, see the scars. Powerful. And it goes on to say that Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. Remember at the Sea of Tiberias, he performed the miracle where they they caught 153 fish and they drug it in. Remember that? Jesus is on the shore. They've been out fishing. Remember, they went fishing because they, they didn't know what else to do. It was like, well, that, that was a three and a half year journey. What now? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like... He said, foxes have holes and birds have nests. The Son of Man has no place to lay his head. And we followed him on that journey and now he's gone. So we actually don't have a place to lay our head. We don't, you know what I mean? They're like, oh, let's go fishing. We know how to fish. What I love about that is, on a side note, is that, you know, sometimes we think with God that we have to get the combination right. You know we got to make sure we're at the right thing at the right time if we're gonna if we're gonna get what we need from God. And I just love that they were completely discouraged, out of sorts, didn't have a clue what to do next, so they just did something they knew to do. Let's go fishing. At least we'll have fish. We can sell them. We can eat them. And Jesus comes in their discouragement. They'd given up hope. They'd given up. I don't know. And He comes and He finds them. Reveals himself to them. And the Bible says that, that when he rose from the dead, he became the firstborn from the dead. Isn't that amazing? Not the first raised from the dead, but the firstborn from the dead. In other words, the first one to die and then be, and then enter into a glorified state of living. Born again. And this is what I'm getting to right now. I just want to give us a charge right now. You know, Jesus said in John 11:25, I am the resurrection and the life. Not just I give resurrection. Not just I give life. I am actually resurrection itself. Powerful, right? And um, it says there's an old creed from the saints. And it it says that part of it says that first he was able to suffer and then he was unable to suffer. So that Jesus suffered and died so completely that when he was raised again, he lost the ability to suffer ever again. Which is our destiny. You and me. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die, ever. I like that translation, ever. I remember when this happened for me. How many remember when you got born again? Do you remember the difference? Like, not I joined a church. Like, I know God. You know? I remember that. And, and I believe that, that God, you know, we're in, that, we're in this season of, of stirring and outpouring right now. And, and God's just getting started. And, and, I mean, He got started a long time ago. And yet He's just getting started still with us. And, and, um, And I believe that when, that God is stirring among us, that's what I believe He wants to do here this morning, is stirring among us the, the, the refreshed revelation of the resurrection life that lives inside you and me. Do you know the people we work with, the people that we meet at the store, the people that we see wherever we go, you know, they need what we have. You know what I'm saying? And and it's more than, like, it's more than a class. Come to this class. Now, come to the class, because at the class, you're going to find out, you're going to get something. Do you know what I'm saying? All the things we do, they're important to do. But it's always important to remember, what is being given is the life of God himself. You know? In other words, I think sometimes we get discouraged with people that, especially family members who are, who are away from God. We, you know, it's like you carry that in your heart. And then at some point, you get free because you give them to God and you begin to trust God completely. And you realize what you realize is all your striving never changed them. So might as well give it to God. One time the Lord told me about somebody I was believing for. He said, either you're holding them or I am. And I was like, Take it. You take it. I can't. I I noticed all my worrying hasn't changed anyone's life yet. So, so, you know what I'm saying? Like, all my fretting, all my complaining, it hasn't changed one person's life. And, and, um, I mean, maybe it affected their life, but not for the positive. Anyway, (laughs) depending on who's hearing me complain, mostly the Lord. But, um but the, but the but the reality the revelation that what they need is the life inside of me i remember working in um in a manufacturing place years ago and i remember looking around i had a moment with god as my machine was running and all the sounds of the all the work going on around me i just had a minute and i was and i would Practice the presence of God in those days, like I do now. And um, learning to live aware of his presence, to host him every, everywhere I go. And I was looking around, and I could just feel the life of God physically inside of me. This, this power that lives in me. And it, it's God himself, the, the Holy Spirit. Moving, And I remember having this simple thought. I thought, if these people knew what I'm experiencing right now, they would all want it. They would all want you. And the reality is, is that's what changed my life. And that's what will change theirs. And so all the sowing, the speaking, the praying, the watering, all of our believing... Are loving, the way we live and walk alongside people. Really, what we're doing is we are waiting for God, we're co-laboring with God, so that He comes along, breathes on it, shines His light on it, and gives spiritual birth. But how many know? Like sometimes we think like, oh, I'm trying to I'm trying to get them to modify their behavior. Well, you do speak into people's life, you help people out. But I always see that as like I'm actually not the one who transforms life lives, but I carry the I carry the one who does. And so what I'm doing, I think of ministry this way, the people that I'm people that I invest in, the people that I'm pouring into, even when I'm meeting with people, I'm like, you're listening for the wisdom of God and he partners with you and and you just partner with the wisdom that he gives you. But there's another thing that's happening in the meantime. I am waiting for that moment, and I never know how it's going to come, but it does. He does. I'm waiting for that moment where he goes, boom, and something happens. Either the power of God hits them, or you watch their mind go, you watch truth break in and revel. I see. I see it. It happens in a moment. I've been in meetings where God, I'm like, hey, just wait. on You're you meeting for a while and you go. Let's just wait on God for a minute. And they go, I just had a vision and it settled this question I've had all these years. Like, well, praise God, I guess we bless that, Lord. I mean, I guess we're done here. I mean, what we were waiting for. Do you hear hear my heart? And and I just I'm just telling you what I believe God is reminding us of in this season, because we are globally this will sound funny. That globally, we're in a, in a season of harvest. People are coming into the kingdom right now globally at a rate that is unprecedented. There's never been a time in history where more people have been rushing into the kingdom. The media won't tell you that, but it is the truth. It is the truth. I mean, not only is there a move of the spirit upon the planet, but the simple fact that there's just more people on the earth than ever has been before, sets us up for great harvest. Do you realize that? That even if there was only 10% coming to the Lord, you know, over a certain amount of time, just remember, you know, 10% of a million or 10% of 7 billion, there's, how many know, it doesn't take a genius to realize that's more people. And so we are in time of harvest. And God is always looking for those who are partnering with Him in the harvest. Over 2,000 years ago, Jesus said, lift up your eyes, the harvest is ripe. And I'm actually a believer who, since he never came back and he said, put your eyes down, the harvest isn't ripe right now. Since he never said that, I am a firm believer that the last thing he said is still true. That we're still in this harvest time. And the fact is, until Jesus comes in the clouds with all the angels, that is the time we're in. We are in a time of harvest as a church where Jesus is raising up for himself a full bride that he is going to live with for eternity, rule and reign. But I just believe that in this season, what God is really doing is he is stirring and he's wanting to stir in you and me. It's almost like a revival within a revival. I call it a, a personal revival. Do you know? You know, I've been in revival. You call, you call we call it Revival. Right? A move of the Spirit. I've been in revival for 22 years now. But within that revival, I've had personal revival. More than one occasion. And what that is, is it's when God breathes fresh in our heart. And he oils us up some more. And he reminds us, hey. Hey. The resurrection was inside of you, and all I'm asking you to do is stick your hand on somebody and say a prayer. What if they don't get healed? Well, look, look, I, I'm just asking you if you will lay your hand on them and declare healing. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm just asking you to share with them. Why don't you tell them? Yeah, amen. But you just tell them that I love them, right? You ever have God just say, tell them I love them? Well, what if they, what if they, you know, what if they call me a weirdo? Well, I didn't promise you what was going to happen. I just asked you to do something. You ever know that? We make ourselves responsible for the outcome. Well, you told all those people about Jesus and they all got mad. You're like, but... But I told him all about Jesus. Like, that's, that's our part. We plant, we water, and God gives the increase. And how many know that seed goes in, and it might agitate a little while it's getting in there. But pretty soon it's like, he does love me, and I, I want to I know him. And people are born again. So we're in a time of harvest, and I just believe there's a fresh anointing being released for us as a body. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, this is never... The church has never, ever been a one-man show. It's for one man, Christ. But the body of Christ is the reflection of him. It's the outshining of him in the earth. And, And God is anointing us fresh to live out this resurrection reality. In other words, I'm not responsible to leverage people into believing just to shine a bright light. Knowing that when they receive and say yes to him, you know what happens. And this is something I believe God wants to to refresh in us. That it isn't that we get someone to make a decision. It's that God, the father, gives spiritual birth. Do you realize that when someone, it's why we call it born again. It's not a cliche. It's literally a reality of when resurrection life through the Spirit of God, comes into a person and that heart and life yields to God, what happens is a new creation. And all the works in the world don't make up for that. I love the verse that says, neither circumcision or uncircumcision is anything but a new creation. It's not what you do or how you comply. It's whether or not we surrender to him. And, and, and God is just calling and, and he's just saying, come, whoever's thirsty, whoever's thirsty, whoever's thirsty, who's thirsty? Yeah, I'm thirsty. Who's thirsty? You know, who's thirsty? Who's thirsty out there? There's thirsty people everywhere. You know, they're in the store, they're at the restaurant. Do I have to talk to every person I see? No. You don't. It's okay to just... It's okay It's okay to go to a restaurant and have a meal with your friends. But our part is to be available. Do you know what I'm saying? It's not this religious thing. Like, prove you're a Christian by doing all this. It's not just... I like to think of it this way. I'm just available. Why don't you stop for that one? My daughter Chelsea and I were... We were at the store the other day, and and without going to the story, we just okay if I talk about our. Remember at Raley's? oh I just want to. Well, she doesn't remember. <laughs> That's okay. I, so, I just want to say you said something to me, and I I think you'll be okay with this. So, um, I love you. That's my daughter Chelsea, right there. She's 16, and um, so we stopped, and and we were going out. And I, 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 whatever, I don't even like to share this kind of stuff, but I feel compelled to. I, I don't, the joy of it is, the joy of it is living in it with God, knowing that he, that he looks at you and he says, thank you. You know what I mean? Like that, that's the joy of it. So I don't, I don't, anyway, so we were at the store and I, I actually don't usually carry cash. You know, I just happened to have like a five dollar bill in my, in my pocket. And someone else approached me in a parking lot earlier that day and I I didn't stop for them. I didn't feel convicted about it. I just was like, you know, God bless you. And and um, just maybe 30 minutes later, we're at another store. I come out and I look and I just and this lady is like, hey, and she was asking for help. And, um, I just really felt drawn. And so Chelsea and I walked over there. We ended up talking to her. And I, I just happened to have, I normally wouldn't have that cash with me. And I said, so just, God bless you. God loves you. Turned out she did know the Lord. She's just having a rough life. And, um, and we, we ministered to her. And, um, and as we walked away, uh, as we were getting in the car, Chelsea said to me, um, you, you don't always stop, you know. And, and I said, and I thought it was so great. I was so thankful she asked me that because I'm like, no, I, you don't always. And you're only one person, you know. But I'm like, you know, I just, I just like to be available. I, I want to be led, and so I, I want to be able to stop when I feel led. And um, and it's not a religious duty, but I do want to be available, and um. I'm going to let that work on you however you want. And, but you know what I'm saying? And, and what doesn't work is when we tell each other what we should be doing, right? Why didn't you stop for them, or why didn't you love them, or why didn't you do that? Because that becomes judgment, accusation, all that, when we lay that on each other. And the fact is, I'm too busy working out my own salvation in those areas with the Lord. Do you know what I'm saying? To know if you should be stopping and buying somebody a hamburger or not. Do you know what I'm saying? So, like, it works really good when we're open to the Lord about it, turns into religion, and, and, and religious judgment and duty when we start leveling at each other. You know, you should be doing this, you should be doing that. You know, we start using the word should at each other. And, um, and so, so yeah, church, you know, It's Resurrection Sunday. It's Easter. We're going to have a feast today at 2 o'clock. We're going to need some help setting up and tearing down if you're available for that. But in this season, would you stand with me? In this season, I just really sense God moving fresh in our heart. In this way, and um just like our family members, like when we when we grip them and we you know what I mean, we try to get them to their lives to change, or our friends by our worries and our frets <laughs> you know, but you know what it doesn't work for our town either and and so like but when we begin to say. You know, God is all over this place. God is all over the streets of Weaverville. God is all over the place. And he is ready. So when I attach my faith to his readiness to give birth and change lives, we're going to have people coming in here that have never known the Lord. How many know when a baby, when a baby is born? You need, it needs to be fed. And as they grow, it needs to be, we teach, we teach them, we raise them. This is what we do with each other, isn't it? And so get ready. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, so let's just close our eyes and I'm going to invite Holy Spirit. Lord, I ask you to come right now and speak to us personally about what this looks like in our own personal life. Because for everyone, it's different. Your life is different. Everyone has a different looking life in here from one another. Different jobs, different routines, different stages of life, different family situations. It's all different. Yet one body. And so God, for me, what are you saying to me in this season? How do you want to use me as a light Of resurrection life. That's contagious. That's transforming. That apprehends people. God, that you begin to apprehend people. Let's just pray for a minute. God, we, we just ask. Will you agree? I just feel a spirit of prayer. Lord, we just ask right now in our town. In Weaverville. In Trinity County. In the surrounding areas. God, that you would move so powerfully on hearts and minds. That God, I think you never take away free will, but what you do is that you make it easier to surrender than to resist. (laughs) Because when your spirit of truth, your love, when you come upon people, that you influence them. And, And your presence, your grace on them makes it possible for them to choose you. Makes it easier to say, Yes, God, have your way with me. Easier to surrender than to resist. Thank you, God. So Lord, just we just release that into our town today. God, that there wouldn't be one street, one road, one building, one business. That doesn't have your influence, the influence of your spirit. And right now, just go ahead and put your hand on your heart, if you will. And just go go ahead and agree with me. and Just say, God, touch my heart. Touch my heart, Lord. Give me your eyes. Oil me up. (laughs) Have your way. Jesus